Hello and welcome to Let's Get Spooked. I'm Joshua Halstead. And I'm Carson Hughes. And what we are doing is we're going to start watching through horror films, starting with the 70s, 50 movies per decade. Um, some of which we will have seen, some of which we won't have. And just kind of talk about things and try to experience a lot of a lot of stuff we haven't experienced before. Because um, we're both big fans of cinema and big fans of horror. Uh, so we just today uh, watched The Gore Gore Girls and Suspiria. So I'm going to throw it over to Carson. What did you think of the Gorgor Girls? Uh, the Gorgor Girls, which I hate saying the name of, uh, I thought was horrible. Uh, <laughs> one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I'm glad we watched it. I thought... I mean, I thought it was, it was funny like how, how bad some of it was. Um, yeah. I mean, for those of you that haven't seen it, if you have any interest in it, it's uh, I can't think of the, what's the director's name. Uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis. That's right, that guy. Uh, he he's supposedly known as the uh, grandfather of gore, and uh, in the sixties and seventies, he just made a lot of gory, like just gross for the sake of being gross movies, and uh, you know people like pulling eyeballs out of heads and squeezing them till they pop, but the effects are just horrible but kind of fun because they're they're i mean they're re- obviously it's before special effects so it's like before cgi and- yeah yeah so basically somebody looks normal and then right before they destroy their face they look like leather face so they could rip fake face off a face but yeah no i it's interesting i got that like i got a, a blu-ray specifically for the podcast that's the gorgor girls I hate that name and the wizard of gore. And, uh, like I didn't look at them at all before I bought them. I knew that they were cult classics. I knew that like Herschel Gordon Lewis was like a big thing. I just bought it. It is terrible. And it it belongs to this, this, I mean, a lot of horrors this way, but specifically to a subgenre of horror where the idea is basically sexploitation. It's let's have a bunch of women for no real reason be running around completely naked and then get tortured brutally while naked. And I don't get the appeal of that. And it bums me out in one regard because I like the feel of Grindhouse films a lot. But I really don't like that element of it. And I feel like with Herschel Gordon Lewis, at least with this movie, it seems like that is his primary focus. And it really took away from the watching screens and there were elements that were really good in the film i don't know if that's true there were a couple elements we both really liked i mean there were there were certain scenes that were really like the idea behind them was very interesting oh that's true um but they were just executed terribly um and there were a couple things where like oh that'd be a fun thing to like put into a better film oh yes yes. um and i don't know it was very lackluster to me and i don't feel like it was a like, I barely qualified as horror until the last, like, 15 minutes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, it was garbage. I, I'm now remembering that I think I liked two things. Uh, one woman, when she was murdered, she had just blown a bubble with her bubble gum, and then was her throat was slit while the bubble was out, and then the bubble must have been a fake bubble because it stayed a bubble the whole time she's being murdered. I liked that. And then a, a detective found... I think it was that same woman, her dead body, and there was a lit cigarette in between her toes, just smoking. <laughs> and that, I thought it was weird, but I don't know. It, it, it seemed fascinating for a horror movie. Um, but yeah, the acting was just horrendous. And 
Luckily, it was short. It was 80 minutes. Um, it was still too long. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's bad. Well, and they had this guy that is, I think he owns a strip club or something. And it just keeps cutting to him with no context. And he's just drawing faces onto fruit with a Sharpie and then, like, punching them until they, like, break apart. And there's never context given. And then at some point he just gets up and walks away. Yeah, I want to I want to do some research into it because it seems like that must have been a thing at that time and maybe still is where there's a s- small select group of people that that turns them on and they like drawing faces on vegetables and smashing them. But uh, I, I mean, it must be. I mean, I don't know what else that could be. And the character doing it, it felt kind of like what the villain was doing to the women's faces. And so it seemed like, like those two things are like, one is the horror version of what people want to do in real life and they can't do it. So they do it to fruit or something. And the director must've been making this type of movie for those people. Well, and when you were watching earlier, you mentioned that like the director did like some sort of like weird, like puppet erotica or something like, and, and it, I mean, it kind of, like, makes sense. Like, it's a bad movie, um, and it makes sense that it would be, and I think it is meant to be, like, when people talk about torture porn, I think that that term gets thrown around a lot. Um, like, people will throw that out with, like, Eli Roth, and mm. I do think Eli Roth sometimes goes too far, though I love Roth's work personally, but Eli Roth isn't making torture porn, he's making films with a lot of torture, um, this is torture porn. This is yeah. stripped naked women against their will, like not able to defend themselves, just being brutalized and tortured on screen. And it's made specifically for an audience that wants to watch yeah, that. It, and that part made me uncomfortable more than anything else. It feels like the mo- that when we're watching it, we're supposed to be enjoying the murder itself instead of terrified by it. Because when I watch a horror film, I mean, there's a lot of different ones, but usually... It's just interesting to uh, be terrified and see something scary, but you don't like go, yeah, I'm excited that's happening to that poor person. Like in this, it it felt so horrible because it felt like it was made for the people that would enjoy seeing death. Well, and, and not just death. There's this, like I was going to say there's a subtle sexism. I don't think, it's not subtle sexism. Like there's a very clear, like very... Like, this was made 100% for a very, very male audience, and for a male audience that, that gets off on watching women be tortured. And it feels, because it's made for that audience, it, you feel uncomfortable watching it. And, and again, like, I don't mind films that have, like, sex and nudity and gore and death and stuff like that when they're there for a reason. So, like, clearly, like, I love horror. But this particular film, I just felt like was very much in poor taste. And not only that, it was so badly made. Yeah. I kind of want to put together a best of like five minutes of the best moments of this movie so people could watch that without seeing the whole thing. Because even though I like seeing every movie in existence, so I can say I've seen them and talk about them, I... I don't want anybody to have to sit through this movie. Um, but there are moments that are just hilarious. Like they'll be at a, like a strip club and there'll be normal scenes that make sense for the movie, but then it'll cut to like random people sitting at a table and you won't see their face. It'll just be like from their shoulders down and the shot 
held for like 10 seconds of nothing. It was, and it didn't make sense. Like it, it was almost like B roll, but unneeded. Like I, I have to know what happened in the one. So there's one scene and I am going to preface this with, it's not about if I wanted to see the nudity, it's about the way that it's handled. There's a scene where this person wins a stripping contest and it's a pivotal plot point, which by the way, any film where a pivotal plot point is a woman winning a stripping contest is a stupid film. But she has to win a stripping contest. And she does this contest. We see like three different women strip and there's nudity and all that stuff. And it's pointless and it's unnecessary and I wish it wasn't there. However, if it's going to be there, then the director needs to be consistent as far as quality's sake. This lady gets up there and all it is is a weird close-up of like the side of her face. And she's like shaking all over the place, and you can't see anything. They they cut to her ankles, I think, and her face, and so you can tell that she's dancing, sort of like doing a weird chicken dance. It looks like, but you never see her body. Not you. You only want to see it because you're confused at why the hell they're not showing it. And it just feels very like out of place. And we were like, well, maybe the actress had like a no nudity clause or something like that. And then the next scene, she's naked. So mm-hmm. I don't understand the directorial decision. Yeah, well, it almost seemed like it was it was going along the lines of the standard horror idea that if you get naked or have sex in a movie, then your character's going to die. But yeah, then she like quickly right after was going to have sex with the main guy and then also got naked and yeah. I don't I would love to ask the director what the hell he was thinking. For me it only bugs me like one I wish the film had no nudity in it in the first place. But mm-hmm. if you're going to go so like balls to the wall with all the content you're putting in there and make it so exploitative and then pin a plot point around that exploitation at least be consistent in how you're doing your film. Sure. And it's just not. In in any way. There are deaths that are super grotesque and gory, and then it immediately cuts to deaths where like it's almost entirely off screen. And mm-hmm. it's it's in a film that has gore in the title twice. Like it's not a consistent like nothing in it is consistent. It's yeah. very it's very weird. I don't know. What, uh, would, what would you say is your favorite uh your favorite part of the movie? Um, there is a specific part. I think we actually, we rewound and recorded it on our phones because it was so funny. Uh, there is a part where this, this lady gets killed in like her kitchen and then someone else walks in and gets killed in the kitchen. And then a third person walks in, sees the other two, starts screaming as loud as possible. Then another lady walks in, sees her, then starts screaming what's wrong to her while the other one is still screaming. And then another lady walks in and starts screaming what's wrong. And it's like a single take from one angle and just women walking in. From and it's and both of the other two women walk in from stage right. Like it's it's like watching a play, but just a really really crappy one. But yeah, that's filmed in one tiny corner. <laughs> um, I would say that's that's possibly the best. Maybe my second favorite scene. Uh, well, the one I'm going to point out, I wouldn't call my favorite scene, but I think it's what made the movie most entertaining and shockingly disturbingly weird. Is one of the murders. I think it was. I don't know if she was dead yet. It might've been after the murder, but anyways, part of this murdering moment was this woman got like bent over a table and she's naked. And the, the, the murderer takes this, uh, this meat tenderizer and starts beating her butt with it. And then her butt just like 
turns into some like tenderized looking meat, and and I and then he put he gets a salt shaker and a pepper shaker and puts salt and pepper on her tenderized beet butt. Um, so I, um, it's it's like I actually looked away for part of it just because it was so like egregious, but like. Yeah, I don't. I'll never watch the movie again. Yeah. And had I not been watching it specific for a project, I probably would would not have finished the movie. I w- I don't think I would have either. But what the I guess the thing I want to point out about this meat tenderizer is uh, it that makes it sound like the movie was trying to be bad on purpose. I really don't think it was. Maybe it was, but like that. That that's not the type of thing that's throughout the movie. That was a, it, I don't know. Anyways, yeah. No, I I think it was meant to be good. I mean, I think it's meant to be kind of funny, but it's meant to be like serious and good yeah. in general. And no, there are multiple scenes that are like really really bad. Um, yeah, okay. it was terrible. Gorgor Girls was first. That was early seventies. Uh, Suspiria, what is that? Seventy seven. I think somewhere around there. Uh, I had seen it. I got to see it um, in the theater. They did a re-release for it uh, about a year and a half ago. And I hadn't haven't seen it. Um, I'm 33 now, and I watched it for the first time when I was like 15, and it was around the time I was obsessed with horror movies and watched every horror movie. But I saw some crappy full screen VHS, and so now it was really cool to track down a a newly restored Blu-ray of it. Um, so yeah. Now you already Carson already knows what I think of the film. Um, but I'm more interested. Carson went into the film saying he didn't he didn't expect to like it. Um, so, having come out the other end, what did you think of Suspiria? Um, I th- I thought um, I thought for the most part the camera work was beautiful. Just the shots were fantastic. Everything just looked good. Really good ideas. Uh, set design was great. I loved all the like the lighting and the colors. Everything was good. I thought the acting for the most part was pretty just regular, solid, like nothing bad, nothing great. Um, so for a horror film, be, being a fan of horror films, I think uh, given the time it came out and how well I liked it, I, I, I'm glad it exists. I think it... Uh, I think it had to have been inspiration for lots of my favorite horror movies. Um, I probably would own it. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think I would put it in, insanely high on a list. Um, I would probably give it like an eight out of ten, which is good. That's really good, obviously. But it's just um, there's enough about it that it just didn't become one of my favorite things. There, none of the characters made me like care too much about them even the lead um she's i mean the only character you're really supposed to care too much about like if she died i just would have been like okay so she died and i'm still watching this beautiful movie instead of like no so um so anyways i I liked it if somebody said they liked it i'd be like i know exactly what you're talking about um so that, that that's the gist of how i felt how do you how do you feel yeah, uh, Dario Argento is one of my favorite directors, and I think Suspiria is a masterpiece. Um, there are like five minutes towards the end where they're just info dumping because they didn't have a better way to, to get the information out there. 
And uh, the info dumping is bad. But other than the little bit of info dumping at the very end, it's a really, really well-made film. I mean, first of all, it's one of the most beautiful films ever made. Like, it's just gorgeous to look at. Um, The cinematography is astounding. The color palette, the costuming, the set design. Like, every single, like, technical detail of this movie was thought through to, like, such a degree. (laughs) And it works, and it's a fantastic-looking film. And I think the story is really good, and it moves quickly. Um, I think the characters are interesting. I do agree that there's not as much depth. I don't know that it was meant to be. Um, but the characters are still, like, enjoyable to watch, and you care enough that you want to know what happens, which I think is more of how you're supposed to feel watching the film. Um, the there are There are two very, very small roles in it. Where the actors are fine, but the the lip matching, because it was shot in Italian, uh, well shot in, in Italy, and they they dubbed over the voices. There are two very small roles that are barely in the movie where the lip matching doesn't quite work. Well, it's not all dubbed, right? It's like certain actors are Italian and certain ones are American. Yeah, yeah. And and almost everybody, it were like it looks and sounds fine, even yeah. the ones that are dubbed. But there are like two actors, and they each have like one scene where it's. It's not the best dubbing, but it didn't even really take me out of the film. I thought the dubbing was better than like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, which is one of my favorite films, and that works. So, I mean, of course, I'd prefer there not being obvious dubbing, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love Suspiria. I think, And I also think it was a nice, like, to go from Gore Gore Girls to Suspiria, like, is such a breath of fresh air. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, a film that, one, features... Uh, female protagonists that are like strong and confident and intelligent um like that's awesome especially going from the other where you watch like from the same decade yeah strong difference in types of filmmaking it's hard to even picture them being from the same decade because gory girls feels like it was made on like the crappiest camera that existed at the time and just the quality was so crappy where suspiria i mean there are shots that look like they would have been shot today just gorgeous film just gorgeous where gore girls i think was out of focus half the time oh yeah there were a few scenes where it really should have been in focus like you really need to see what's happening and it's just terribly out of focus and i will say suspiria looks like i mean honestly and not a put down to to the cinematographer for suspiria and i i don't know who it is and i should but it looks like it could have been done by roger deakins and that's very high praise from me because yeah, yeah. Roger Deakins is just one of the greatest cinematographers of all time. And it does have that. And I, I told you during the film, like, it literally watching the original Suspiria kind of feels like uh, Hitchcock and Kubrick had, like, a French baby. I know the film isn't French, but the color palette is very similar to what the yeah. French were doing in the late 60s and early 70s, especially uh, French directors like uh, Jacques Demy and Jacques Tati. And it really, like, that color palette that I love that's in stuff like Donkey Skid and the Young Girls of Rochefort is is really uh, is present and it really works because you see this bright, beautiful film contrasted by this horrifying violence and these terrible things that are happening. Mm-hmm. And I thought it worked really, really well to kind of pull out the emotion in the more horrific scenes. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so question. Um, I didn't think of asking this for the first movie we talked about, but for this one, if you could ask the director anything, whether it's why on earth did you do this or 
where did you come up with this or whatever, what would you ask Daria Argenta about Suspiria? I'll go with mine first. That way you can ponder because I've been thinking about this. Um, I, I wouldn't call it a mistake or anything, but when there's that scene where the uh, the second main character is like hiding in the room and the knife comes through the slit in the door to unlock the door, but it's they're just moving it as if we don't know how to do this to build the suspense. I can't imagine how he would justify that. <laughs> it, it was just so ridiculous how and slow in, it and moved. An otherwise very well put together, very fast paced film. Yeah, yeah. And then the scene was great. And not not even the pace. It's just like, it's unbelievable that somebody has this opportunity to just move this really quickly and unlock it. But for some reason, they're going really slow. And there's no indication that they're doing it to, you know, freak the person out more, to terrify them more. It's just for the sake of making the, the suspense in the movie last longer, which I, I'm not a fan of, but... yeah. Um, honestly, I think that if I could ask Dario Argenta anything about making the movie, I think I would ask him how he lit the film. Um, because mm. it is one of the most beautifully lit films ever. Like, the, very the very, like, it's not even, it's not even quite neon, but the way that he, like, the colors and how they cover the room, but only in tinting instead of, like, turning everything fully that color, like... I it's so meticulously and beautifully colored throughout the entire film and the colors match the emotions and the tension and what's happening like it's just like the amount of work and thought that had to go into that is insane and I really would like to know how he was able to capture that yeah uh, yeah I think I think if either of us could ask uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis any questions about <laughs> Gore Girl Girls we would both ask what were you thinking <laughs> yes well and i'm very curious uh for when we watch his other movie wizard of gore which came out a couple years before uh after we watch a few more of his movies i don't know if it'll be the same question for every movie or if there's going to be little things I, I think i'd actually have asked him about that dance scene like why it went the way it went like out of curiosity for why it actually went the way it went and then i'd ask him like and also in the way of it shouldn't have gone the way it went. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, last thing for Suspiria. What's your favorite scene? My favorite scene in Suspiria? Mm-hmm. Um, this probably is not an overly shocking response. But I think that... Well, I think it's a tie, maybe. Um, the opening scene... the open, Well, the opening stretch. Um, basically, from her coming out of the airport until the like double homicide is beautiful and it's so gorgeously shot and so quickly paced and and so briskly edited um i think that's tied for jessica harper at the end wandering down the halls like just the moments of her wandering the halls like before she discovers anything i'm not going to spoil but anything towards the end uh just her walking down the corridors and climbing through the secret doors and that stuff Mm -hmm. is just shot and and edited so beautifully and Jessica Harper's acting is all facial expressions and body movement, and it's perfect, and you know exactly what she's feeling. And the set design is gorgeous. Uh, those two scenes, I think, at, at the very least, belong on the top of a like horror movie history. Like, yeah, those two are incredible. And it, uh, for horror itself, I'd probably actually agree that those are the two best. My fa- my favorite scene actually isn't really a horror scene. It's just as far as what won me over visually. When they, right after the the maggot scene, where they all have to have their little, like, cots 
put up with the with the sheets and they're just all like they're all sleeping in the same room but then the two leads are talking to each other with the bright red lights something about that scene and like when they're the way the way it's filmed when they're talking that scene's just fantastic but yeah yeah, that opening is crazy (laughs) yeah i can't wait i didn't get to see the new suspiria when i was in theaters and i really want to I really want to go see it. But, uh, uh, I'm curious if I ever listen back to this a long time from now, what I will think of what I'm about to say. But I am <laughs> pretty sure I liked the new one more. I like them both about the same. I'd give them both around an 8 out of 10. But I think um, there's enough in the new one that I like more. Um, it's just different. It's just a way different movie. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like a remake. It feels like almost as if it kind of feels like Probably what the difference between Kubrick's Shining and the book The Shining, except this is two movies, but it's like somebody got inspired by Suspiria and made a whole new movie. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I really want to see it. I think I'd give Suspiria probably a 9.5 out of 10. I mean, really the only complaint I have is that five minutes of, of info dumping that they do. So, yeah. awesome. Well, that wraps up for this week. We'll be happy to uh, have you guys join us as we talk about some more 70s horror flicks next week. Uh, until then. Bye. <laughs> I got the last word.